Hello and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for August 11th, 2021. I am Janet Garcia and joining me is Blessing Adioye Jr. I appreciate that you put the Greg Miller inflection on the Jr. It's the it's best. Good. Like, I, it's it's like not only the one of my favorite ways to say anyone's name, but I also love that it like, you know, has, I don't know, it just has cachet to it, right? Like, I, that's how I say it all the time. Is that how you say your own name? When you're like, no, I, I mean, Greg Miller started doing it and I didn't realize it caught on until I saw like so many people that would tweet me on Twitter do the same thing where they would extend out the junior, like they will spell it out and extend it. And like, I'm like, uh... oh, Greg. yeah, but like they'll do like the J J U N U or no J U N. Oh, they're like, they're like really putting the effort in. Yeah, no, they are really like twisting that thing to make it the junior. And you know what? I'm mad at it. I kind of like it, honestly. It's that and um, the Jeffrey Pilon, like that all, oh, all yeah. the time. Like, all, like it, it was funny because then at one point, like Jeffrey Pilon, like tweeted me, and I was like, "Oh my god, are you like the Jeffrey Pilon?" <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "Yeah." Do, uh. We need to do a ranking of Greg Miller's nicknames for people, or at least the way uh, the the twist that he does on people's names, because I think Jeffrey PPPP Long is definitely up there. I definitely yeah. do like blessing Adio A Junior. For sure. Uh, what was the one for Tim Gettys? That was the the best blue eye or the second best blue. Second best blue eyes. Yeah. Always who came up with Tim? Who came up with Tim motherfucking Gettys? Did Tim come up with that for himself? No, that was me. That was me. That, that was one's when... really good. Thank that you. one's that's really good. I, I like that one a lot. First, that's when I first joined KF, and I was like, I gotta make my own stamp on things. I'm gonna give Tim Gettys his, my own nickname that I'm gonna I'm gonna call him. That's not the best second best blues in San Francisco. So I just went with Tim motherfucking Gettys because when I look at him, I'm like. That's Tim motherfucking Gettys right there. No, like, that that's, guy has I know Tim. Thing. That's like Tim's unofficial official middle name to me. That I feel like if we were to rank all of like the kind of funny isms. Those of those three, I think those three are very competitive. I think there's probably a, a big gap between three and four, which is not to say the fourth one would be bad, but I feel like those have so much hmm. like swag to them that there is not really going to be a lot of other like heavy competitors that I can think of for it. What is what is Greg's name for you? Because I know when I introduce you on shows, usually I just go Game Onesis, aka Janet Garcia. Yeah, uh, which I, I like that intro because it gives me a little bit of an identity crisis. Like, am I a creator first or me first? And I like um, mm-hmm. having that bit of existentialism right in the morning. Um, I think for Greg, he just does the like gameplay and roller skate and whole situation mm-hmm. like that little, which is I think that's solid. Like it's solid, but it's not it's not it's not Tim motherfucking Gettys. It's not Junior, and yeah. it's not Jeffrey PBP Long. Which the funny thing about the Jeffrey thing is, it's not like Jeffrey's making content with us. It just ha- it kind oh, of yeah, became a he, thing. That's just his thing. That's just yeah, his thing. That's just... the risk of being a Patreon producer is that you run the risk of Greg Miller turning you into a meme. Yeah, but Remember I mean, there's we there's worse fates. Who was it? We laughed at a dude's name for so long. Oh yes. Matt Someone had like Log. a like a. <laughs> no, Wait, that it, name. It wasn't. It wasn't even like Bert a, Meg. Bert Meg. Bert Thank Meg. You. Thank you, Bert yes. Meg. Wow. Bert Meg was, was great. I just caught Greg just off guard. Just say it guard. to yourself. Bert, Bert Meg. <laughs> and then all of chat's just Bert Meg. It's a great name. Like, yeah. it's, the, it's the thing is, like, Bert Meg is a very fine name. I actually love the name Bert Meg. I think that's two when Greg names. Miller says it on a Patreon producer's list, it hits different. And it, 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 I mean, it is kind of two first names, but it also just runs together in a very interesting way when Greg Miller is reading it off of a list of people. I think that's the thing that, that turns it into a meme. Before we move on, though, I do want to shout out your denim jacket. It's fresh. I like the, the shoulder spikes right there. Uh, but I, I, then I also want to shout out your chain. Is that like yeah. a, what is what's the uh, like the emblem on your chain? Is um, the necklace that Harley Quinn wears in Birds of Prey. 
the little like mm. it says like little bruce and the dog tag uh it's from my cosplay that i did of her from last halloween um and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go all spiked out all like metallic out so thank you for noticing it was like oh, yeah. i did put a little bit of effort in today versus like wearing what i wore to the gym which was my backup plan before putting on this outfit. Uh, but let's jump into today's stories. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about, including Sonic 2 casting Idris Elba as Knuckles, indie recaps from Xbox and Nintendo, Niantic's founder fearing a metaverse and more, because this is kind of funny, Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be part of the show, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free along with the exclusive daily post-show. Some housekeeping for you. Monday, Kind of Funny is hosting the Marvel's Avengers War for Wakanda launch party starting at 10 a.m. PT over on twitch.tv slash crystal dynamics. Greg and Miss Marvel herself, uh, Sandra Saad, will be hosting two hours of gameplay, Devon site, and cast interviews. Yes, Black Panther himself, Christopher Judge, will be there too, and you should too. That's Monday at 10 a.m. PT on twitch.tv slash crystal dynamics. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Freshly, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have Baker's dozen. So let's kick it off with the lead, which I can't think of anyone better to be covering this story with. Oh Sonic God. the Hedgehog 2 cast Idris Elba as Knuckles. Uh, this comes over from The Verge. Uh, Haim Gartenberg did the write-up, and I'm just going to read just super briefly from it, because that's basically the entirety of the story at this point. Uh, but Knuckles is set to make his live-action debut in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 next year, uh, and now we'll know who will be voicing him, none other than Idris Elba. React. Janet, when I saw this news yesterday, I popped. I couldn't believe it because if you if people have listened to kind of funny games daily over the weeks over the months over the years you've probably heard me go on rants about luther and how much i love the show luther luther is a detective drama starring idris elba it was the show that introduced idris elba into my life is he played a he played a detective that was willing to get shit done by any means necessary all right he was willing to he was willing to punch folks in the mouth he was willing to to break the law a little bit he had he had, he had kind of a dark past he had kind of some some shit going on in, in his life i was all about this show and idris elba was the reason why idris elba is a great performer love idris elba loved him uh when he played black superman and uh, hobbs and shaw loved him uh in uh the suicide squad every single role i see him in cats. i absolutely adore, i've loved him in cats as well uh He's just, he's just a phenomenal performer, and Idris Elba is Knuckles. I would not have been able to put together that pairing in a thousand years, but when you see it on the on on Twitter, right? He tweeted out "knock knock" with a picture of Knuckles's Knuckles, uh, and with the with the hashtag Sonic Two, and God, like. I, I I feel like it, whoever made that casting was just so spot on in terms of all right, who can we get that has the name recognition, but then also is going to add something more to this character? Because Knuckles, great character overall. Like I I saw some tweets yesterday that I I couldn't agree with more, which is uh which was I believe it was 
Oh man, I'll check it after I say, make the statement because I can't remember who it was off the top. Oh, it was it was Ash. It was Ash Paris. Paris, you mentioned that like the black community has claimed Knuckles over the years, and this all but confirms that, right? Like it's that it's that fun thing of Knuckles was always that character for me that I loved. I always thought he was the coolest character. I always thought that he was uh, dope as fuck. I love playing playing as him in Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Um, and yeah, it just elbow playing Knuckles is just for me such such a perfect uh, casting. And I hope, I hope, I don't know if they're going to go this direction, but I hope he has a British accent. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear what this Knuckles will end up sounding like. Uh, I agree. I think the casting is awesome because this is like a super cool person playing like a very cool character. Like Knuckles is the badass. He's the, it's one of the rare circumstances where you have like a franchise or an IP where someone who's technically still like you know a side character like a main character but you know still not sonic right where you can love knuckles more than sonic and that's totally like a normal take uh, it kind of reminds me almost of like of like a goku vegeta thing where it's like oh but like vegeta has like this bit of cachet of being like badass and aggressive and cool um and this is sort of runs the same to me and honestly so i didn't watch um the first sonic the hedgehog movie um but now i'm like do i watch the first sonic the hedgehog movie to prepare for this am i just gonna like into this like is it is it worth diving into what was your read on the first film like i really i really liked sonic the hedgehog one i thought i thought it was fun you know like don't go into it expecting art or like any don't go into it don't go into it expecting like a deep plot or super developed characters or anything super deep go into it expecting a fun family movie and it's that it is not bad. It is solidly put together. The The story is fun enough. The humor, I think, is fun enough. They have some fun bits there. Even the the product placement, which is very identifiable as product placement in the way that they implement it, I thought was also pretty funny uh, with just how obvious it was. Like, there's a Zillow ad in there, basically, where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to move to San Francisco, and they pull it up on Zillow, and, the, and it's a whole thing of them making fun of San Francisco prices. But even th- those nice. moments, I thought, were really fun and super funny for a family movie and so i was i would say if you have any interest in sonic at all check it out and you know if you think you if if this second movie seems like it's going to be of interest to you check it out because for what the second movie is so far i'm very curious on how they go about it because sonic the hedgehog one was very much all right we're gonna take sonic we're gonna pair him up with a in real life actor and they're just gonna have fun and it's gonna be a thing like the story didn't really go too deep in terms of Sonic lore or homaging any sort of specific Sonic story. It was very much a made-for-movie story that they were working off of. And for Sonic 2, they teased Tails. Spoilers for the end of Sonic the Hedgehog 1. They teased Tails. They have Knuckles. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, okay, where are they going to go with this thing? Like, Eggman ends up in a very interesting place in the first movie as well. What a weird end. sentence. <laughs> If you watch the movie, you know exactly what I mean. But yeah, he ends up in a very interesting place. And so like the second movie, I wonder if they are going to lean harder into, all right, let's 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 tackle the weird cartoony aspects of Sonic the Hedgehog a little bit more rather than just having it take place in the USA and in San Francisco. Like maybe let's go into Green Hill Zone or let's find our own way to do chemical plant zone or find our way like let's actually lean into the lore in a way that feels more fantastical and crazier and a bit more animated than the original movie those are the vibes i get and i think when you get somebody like idris elba playing knuckles uh that probably means that yeah knuckles and tails um uh in that case are going to be way more central to central to the story who do you want as tails oh that's a good question 
I I would be fine if they just got the original voice actor for Tails, the person who's been voice acting Tails in the in the games. You know, I think them going Idris Elba for Knuckles, fun because it's Hollywood and because they want to get a big big actor, uh, a big voice. But for Tails, I believe I believe the original voice actor voiced Tails in the at the end of the previous film. And so I would assume that maybe they just continue to roll with him. If they're not going to do that, then get Michael Sarah. Yeah, uh, I don't. I feel like that's accurate, but kind of uncomfortable to right? think about. That would be, that so would that would be terrible. No, we would. This is a nervous, would awkward tales. You just love Michael Sarah. You need to step I off. I do that love Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is solid. Are, wait, you have beef with Michael Sarah? He's just the worst. He he's he has great. One, he has one character that he does. And it's He's a great character. One. No, it's this, not. The character keeps appearing, though. Like, it kind of reminds me of, um, they're, I'm trying to remember, like, the actors now, where it's, like, um, with uh, Will Ferrell and also, um, oh, my gosh, Jim Carrey. Like, people in my apartment will have beef with those actors because they always play, like, the same kind of character with, like, who's screaming and running around. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, it, it works in the context and it gets pulled off. So, I don't know. I could, I could definitely see that. Um, also, uh, blessing. I can't help but notice that you didn't dress as Sonic for this episode. What happened? I don't have a Sonic costume. Uh, we really? Have, did you uh, borrow that Sonic costume then? That the was like one all from alone? The, the Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I think that's probably in the new studio somewhere. Like, I think that's in storage. I didn't take that one home. I do have my Sonic outfit though, like my shirt. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Marines. I do want to. I do want to shout out two things. One, Tim Gettys is is in here. I know he has uh, things to say. Two, I did send a tweet. Uh, to assets, Kevin, if you have time to bring that up, because I do want to react to this tweet on air. But Tim Geddes, what's up? Um, yeah, I saw that tweet, and I'm like, I can't let Blessing and Janet talk about this with at least <laughs> at least being a part of it, because Sonic the Hedgehog holds a very near and dear place in my heart. Blessing and I are, you know, keeping the blue blur dream alive, <laughs> almost oh, yeah. single handedly. It feels. Uh, but here we have uh, Jackie. Which Jackie Harry, who from I sister, know sister. from Sister Sister. Yep. Um, and she's saying, should I play a villain in Sonic 2? I know one way to make Idris Elba's knuckles disappear, which is such a statement. And God, Sonic the Hedgehog somehow has found its fan base in the mainstream. Like it's translated it so its much. horny ass motherfuckers into, into reality. But I want this and I want her to be Rouge so bad. Rouge the Bat. Oh my God. Can you imagine Blessing? Yeah. She would play such an excellent Rouge the Bat. Perfect. I would be all about that. And dude, you mentioning Michael Sarah as Tails, it's a different vibe than what I'd expect, but I am alls about it, dude. You know who I would say, though? Who's that? Jillian Jacobs. From as Community. Tails. As Tails. I think she can make oh. it work. I think she can make it work, you know? I dig it. Yeah, no, I can see that. Jillian, ja Jillian Jacobs, I think, has a voice that could, that, that could do that. Michael Sarah. Like I, I say it half joking but half serious, just because like Idris Elba is a is kind of a wild, of a wild choice for Knuckles, but he's gonna bring something to the character in a way that I think Michael Sarah would bring something to, to the character mm -hmm. of Tails. Jillian Jacobs also would definitely bring something to the character of Tails, so I'm definitely with that too. Yeah. So yeah. how off the rails is this like thirsting for uh, Knuckles gonna go? Because I do I do and I'm thinking of like Liana Rupert's tweet from you know she she's from Game Informer who was like. How do I feel about that? Like, am I am I attracted to Knuckles now? Like, what's going on? Well, that's the thing about Sonic the Hedgehog and the Sonic the Hedgehog community over the years is that there are plenty there are plenty of, of sub communities within the communities, including the horny for Hedgehog uh, community within the Sonic the Hedgehog community. Moose is so a big big part of that one. Yes. Oh, yes. And there have been plenty of people that have already been thirsting over Knuckles. Like that has existed already. Adding Idris Elba to that 
is going to magnify that. <laughs> like there is uh, by the time Sonic the Hedgehog 2 comes out there will be a movement of Knuckles slash Idris Elba thirst that I don't think the world's gonna be pre- prepared for yeah Janet, is this the most uh, lethal thirst combination that you can think of I mean honestly it's probably the most destructive potentially like yeah. the, the the we I don't think the world is ready for the ramifications of what this could create because the knuckles this is our shit, nexus event knuckles goes deep to to the point that like I I <laughs> <laughs> why so like you why? know how people you know how people are like hey don't don't Google Sonic unless you're ready to see some shit like Sonic mm-hmm. and Rule Thirty Four kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways and the you know furry communities and all that stuff that is all true. Oh, yeah. But once you get Knuckles involved, it it reaches a whole new level of I don't it really doesn't I, help that his name is Knuckles. You oh know no, what it I mean? doesn't. Like, it doesn't. But here's the thing: like Bless was saying, like there's like communities within the communities, and it kind of splinters off where there is these like variant timelines, and some of them are a lot darker than others. If I, if anybody wants to ruin their day, um, I would recommend them go down the path of the 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 '90s Sonic comic books of the the whole Echidna Knuckles Echidna like storylines. Shit gets fucked up, and like the creator of those comics, things get fucking weird. I'm not gonna say oh, anything yeah. more on this show because like I, there's very few things I can say that are PG um, left to to say about the situation. But it gets. It gets dark, it gets weird, and there is a lot of drawings in a, in some official capacities and some non-official capacities, and that's when it gets even weirder, guys. But Idris Elba's Knuckles, I am freaking in. This right? is fantastic yeah. stuff. I can't wait. Me, bless me and you. Day one, Sonic oh, 2. Let's go. For sure. I can't wait for it. Tim, before you even go, I don't know if you are listening before, but I was talking about uh, Sonic 2 and whether or not it's going to lean way more into the animated aspects of Sonic the Hedgehog because Sonic the Hedgehog 1 very much real world usa they're in san francisco it's sonic and the humans that he's around do you think sonic 2 is going to go way deeper in terms of actually being more sonic the hedgehog game adjacent in terms of like leaning into the green hill zones and the the fantastical elements of it you know i would really really hope like i think that i enjoyed the the first movie way more than i expected to um but it was just because it was a a better family comedy than i expected not because it was a good sonic the hedgehog movie having said that there were elements that i was like oh there's something there jim carrey as dr robotnik slash eggman is in an inspired choice and he really nailed it and when you get to the end of that movie like they're in mushroom hill zone like we're seeing real sonic stuff at the the beginning of the movie we get green hill zone so it's like there are elements there and i think that the tease of tales is showing them go a little more that direction now that knuckles is officially in this movie as well like i can see them going a little bit more fantastical and i would appreciate that because i think that we kind of already we did the whole san francisco thing and i don't want to see san francisco in a sonic movie again unless they're snowboarding down the streets yeah um with escape from the city playing in the background but uh Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm excited, and I do think they're going to lean into it. I, I feel like then when they put the, the teaser out for the logo reveal even, like when we had the the two having the, the tails just like the game, I was like, okay, the, they, somebody there cares. They had the Emerald Hill Zone music playing behind just that. Just that one like, person. Yeah, well, you know what? There's a lot – there are there – are, there are many dozens of dozens of us, okay? There are dozens of uh, us, yes. But, but bless, like, what I'm excited about is Chemical Plant Zone, like you yes. said. Yep. Um, I, I just want to hear the hear the music, and I oh just want to see see the the purple water. You know what I mean? I, I could do it. without the the drowning music because that shit still haunts my dreams. But I'm gonna pop out anyway. Just wanted to show some love to Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> our man. Awesome. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, Tim. A pillar in the community. 
for better or worse. <laughs> also, or before worse. we before we move on to uh, the rest of our stories, I do want to ask, um, and I know this question is asked all the time, but Sonic the Hedgehog, the first movie, mm-hmm. better than Detective Pikachu? Question mark? No, it's not. I no. can't. I can't. Okay, I can't better than on. Space Jam. Better than Space Jam. No, no. Really? The new I one. Love, uh, I love Space I'm Jam not- too. I love Space Jam oh, 2. You're talking about Space Jam is one of my the original Space Jam, one of my favorite movies. And Space Jam 2 is basically a movie tailor made. This for does me. bring in another question though, like how much do I trust your taste in movies? Like I know your taste in games, but movies, it's the Wild West out here. I would, here's my thing. Like maybe will, you're not I, a good source. I don't know. I will go ahead and say that I'm not a good source. Like I do not consider wow. myself the Ooh, the but the self-awareness person. makes me want to buy in more though now. No, yeah. no, he's a bad source. Stay away, stay yeah, away. Yeah, but Kevin is wrong about Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is an excellent actor who I want to The arguments to make themselves, you know what I mean? The <laughs> arguments make themselves. But I will say that I understand what these movies are. Like I I when I say that I like Space Jam and Detective Pikachu more than Song of the Hedgehog uh movie, I say that knowing that these are all eights. Like these are all seven and a halves. Like these aren't these aren't films, right? Like these are straight up family movies that I'm watching to have fun and have a good time. And I'm watching these movies because I like the subject matter. I love Space Jam. I love Pokemon. I love Sonic. These are all movies tailor made for me. And so, you know, go go into these movies understanding that. Go into Sonic the Hedgehog understanding that. And again, it's gonna be a good time. Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik, I think, is a good time. Uh, uh, um, what's Kevin? What's the name of the the main actor in Sonic the Hedgehog who's not Sonic? The dude that he's chilling with the whole time, going through marital problems. I couldn't forget. Stupid face, right? Yeah, stupid face. Yeah, the stupid face. I think is a good time with Sonic. So, like is, Sonic is was a good time. Marson. Yeah, I nailed it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Um, but yeah, like I think I think you will enjoy the movie if you go on if you go and watch it. I like how all chats just like James Mars and in just variant spellings. Um, but yeah, I I think I'll check it out now because I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Because now I'm interested. Now I feel like I'm invested in what could be like in a, a new. And then it's crazy too, to think of how many Sonic games there are. Like, what if that happens? But like in the film, there's there's so much Sonic content. It's 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 too much to keep up with, honestly. But um, let's talk about more content that we probably won't be able to keep up with, which is indie games. Uh, ID at Xbox uh, was yesterday. It was like a two hour showcase showing off, you know, games and trailers and having like uh, interviews and things in between. I'm going to go to the roundup that Imran Khan did at Fanbyte, which I do want to especially shout these out because in my personal opinion, Imran's roundups are my favorites on the internet. Like a lot of outlets do roundups, but I, I love how it's just, it's very succinct. It's very succinct. It's often chronological. I think in this case, it, I don't know if it's alphabetical or not, but I'm just going to read through the things that were alphabetical. And then uh, he also mentions which, what's on Game Pass. So I'll be shouting that out as well. Uh, we got, uh, and I might mispronounce this first one, Aeon Drive, Eon Drive. I'll I say it. Was pronounced. I think there's a demo out for it too on PC right now, but you know, you're wrong if you're, if you're wrong. Uh, Anvil, uh, Origami 2 on Game Pass, Button City, uh, Evil Genius 2, which is going to be on Game Pass, Inked, mm, Inkulinati, Inkulinati, sure, lab- thank you, Labrat, Library of Arena, Game Pass, Lightyear Frontier, Loot River, Match Streets, Ali Ali World, Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous, Planet of Lana, Project Wingman, Paparazzi, RPG Time, Sable. Oh, also Paparazzi's Game Pass. Sable, Sam and Max Save the World Remastered, She Dreams Elsewhere, Solace State, Soup Pot, Space Lines from the Far Out, Stardew Valley is coming to Game Pass, The Big Con, 
The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, and The Wandering Village. Uh, and then Imran points this out. Of particular note, Stardew Valley being on Game Pass is a pretty big deal as the game is extremely popular still and is the ideal Game Pass game for keeping people hooked through a subscription. Drive is a slick action platformer with a demo out today. Okay, so they just have a demo. And the full game is coming in 2021. Library of Arena, another Game Pass launch, is out today. Uh, the Veil, Shadow of the Crown is an entirely audio-based adventure that is fully deaf accessible. Um, for me, a, a bunch of things stick out um, from this showcase. Uh, definitely Paparazzi being on Game Pass because it's just... I love how many Pokemon Snap-like games are out right now, especially because, to be honest, Pokemon Snap did not hit for me. I was like, it just, it just didn't draw me in. I didn't feel like there was enough going on. So I'm excited to see other people's takes on kind of having that photography as a main part of gameplay um and a bunch of other stuff here too i think the big con looks interesting it's about it has like a really striking kind of cartoony old school art style about like conning people um the veil i'm super excited about because i've never played an audio only game uh, i didn't even realize that was like an active kind of subgenre within games so i'm excited to delve, delve into that uh soup pod is like a cooking sim that i've been looking forward to for a long time and she dreams elsewhere is actually a game that you put on my radar um you just mm. mentioned you were interested in it i've had on my list since but yeah. uh what from this has stuck out to you yeah like a lot of similar ones you mentioned she dreams elsewhere for sure is one that i've been following and i cannot wait for that this strikes me as very much a another entry into that earthbound like uh type game you know something like undertale but it has its own energy to it It has kind of a, a lo-fi hip-hop vibe to it which you know i absolutely adore uh like imran mentioned in his write-up stardew valley is, is is a big get for game pass ali ali world you know shout out to that that's one that was announced earlier this year and the gameplay for it looks way different from the previous ali ali games and it looks really awesome and so i can't wait to uh see more of that i love i just love these indie events in general you know i, I like that uh xbox has like d does their streams and we're going to talk about the indie world uh in a bit but um yeah like I, I i absolutely adore the fact that you know the the big publishers take time to like highlight a lot of these cool looking games the upcoming ones and the ones that are also coming to game pass as well the, the, my one wish for these though for the xbox one specifically again with the one wish <laughs> again with my my ray j wish. my ray j one wish for this is i wish xbox would do would uh do their indie showcases in a way that was a bit more condensed and easily digestible because me too yeah because i saw this is happening yesterday and i wanted to check it out but it was that thing where the 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 first time they did this earlier this year it was what three hours four hours non-stop yeah, yeah, they're like you're gonna live games. here today it's a part-time job it's like a shift yeah it's like a shift at a GameStop. Like it's 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 lengthy. It's not as long as like you know a full eight hours, but it's a it's a big investment. And I guess what is your preferred structure for these kind of showcases? You know, I love how Nintendo does it with the indie world. I love the PlayStation State of Plays. I love I love the more condensed versions. But I also understand that for Xbox with these games, you probably have a lot to say and you have a lot of games that you want to get out there. So for something like this, where you do want to talk about all these games. I would do it in maybe an episodic structure where it is, you know, instead of uh, instead of three hours of games, maybe do three video like three separate videos for three weeks that are 40 minutes each or 30 minutes each that are, hey, OK, cool. We'll show off your game for a little bit onto the next one. And, you know, you give each game its own time to shine. Maybe each of the three episodes has its own 
headliner or highlight that is all right this stream is going to be like our big headliner is going to be ali ali world because you know how many people are looking forward to ali ali world and then we'll we'll center it center it around that but then also build in all the another all the other announcements around that or maybe take something like she dreams elsewhere because i know quite a few people are hyped for that or even stardew valley or like you know find ways to condense it because the indie world this morning i look at twitter and i look at how many people are, are live tweeting it and talking about it and i look at wario 64 doing or not wario uh Nibel doing his breakdowns where he's tweeting out every single thing announced there that's able to happen because we know the indie world is going to be 20 to 30 minutes long you, you you're not going to have that same amount of conversation around a three hour to four hour long stream if you want to do that cool like I, I think it's awesome regardless. I, I love getting these these indie game showcases, but I do think you can make it more hype. You can make it something that people feel like they can follow and be more involved in and can make it something that people are live tweeting as it, as it's going. And so that would be my, my main request. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like I, I did end up watching the entirety of the showcase, which this time it was two hours. So at least it is getting a little more condensed. Um, for me, I think trying to keep the spirit of it alive while also condensing it, what I'd like to see is if they just um, take out the immediate reactions from the hosts, uh, which, you know, shout out to Blind Gamer Steve for, you know, doing that hosting yeah. work yesterday. Um, and I, I forget, like, who was the co-host. So I can't shout them out right now. If you remember the name of the co-host, uh, let me know who it was, because I think they also did a great job. Um, but taking out their immediate reactions of having those, like, few seconds, and maybe that's there to queue up the next trailer, you know, to be fair. But I think taking that out, but leaving in their developer interviews would be awesome because that was probably one of my favorite parts of like getting um, it was Strawberry 17. Thank you so much, chat, uh, who is the co-host um, getting um, that info out there and also like humanizing the developers. I think, yeah, we all want to like get the info and go. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like seeing them talk about their games. And, you know, they don't it's not always like an opportunity that's afforded easily, especially on a big stage like Xbox. So I think. Trimming the fat through that would be really good. Um, people bringing out Treehouse is like a similar thing. Yeah, a Treehouse is a similar thing, but the, often Treehouse is like tied to a more condensed event. Yes. And I think that that is the difference. Um, alternatively, I really like how um, Xboxes, or actually it was, I don't think it was Xboxes, but Day of the Devs just in general, um, I think is a, a more condensed version of having that heart and spirit of like the straight to cam with the developers while also having trailers. Um, and then I think also Annapurna Showcase was similar where I think there is space to humanize the event of just showing you a bunch of trailers without making it like a two-hour showcase so I'd, yes. I'd love them to hit that in between and nintendo treehouse live i think is the perfect comparison where if they had prefaced this with a 20 minute long stream that was quick fire you know here's she dreams elsewhere here's ollie ollie here's masteries here's loot river here's light your frontier here are all these games in you know 30 30 second to one minute trailer form and did it uh, back to back to back to back, and then followed that up with a two to three hour long stream where it's now we are breaking down these games. Now we are talking about them. Now we are interviewing the devs. I think that would be a, a way better format than to just do the Nintendo Treehouse style thing because, you know, I don't tune into Nintendo Treehouse Live unless it is something that uh, I care about, you know, unless they are talking mm -hmm. about Enormous Heroes 3 or unless they are doing the showcase for Breath of the Wild or something along those lines. It is very difficult for, to get me to tune into a Treehouse Live event if it is you know, here are a bunch of indie games and you're not really sure what's going to be there and what's not or what time uh, something's going to be there at. That's way uh, more difficult of a sell for people. And so I think you go that way. But then also, I think the Annapurna Interactive Showcase is a good one to shout out as well. We want to talk about getting devs uh, in the forefront and allowing them to have a voice and have a personality. The Annapurna Showcase is the shining example of how to do that because they, the, in the way that it was edited and put together, each dev 
had their own moment, even if they didn't have a game to show per se, if they had a game that was unannounced, but they did want to sell you on the idea of, hey, we are working on something and this is who we are, they would have a a scene um uh presenting that they would have the i forget what studio this was but there was one of them that was doing a tea bit where somebody was making where there where it was two devs making tea and then they would throw to their composer who's the same composer for i believe like minecraft minecraft yeah yeah and they'll go to go to go to him he would do a fun bit throw back to them and there's so much personality imbued in the way they would present those developers and i think that uh, if if you're if you're going to put developers uh, um, in the forefront, you got to find a way to do them justice. Like you got to find a way to make it so that it's not boring and not um, a snooze fest. And again, like I don't think Xbox was a snooze fest. When I think of a snooze fest, I think of the Cock Media um, primetime showcase that they did at E3. That was a snooze fest. The Xbox thing, very much like a all right, this seems cool. Like this seems for like the 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 minute or two that I tuned in to check out Blind Gamer Steve, I was like, oh, this seems like a, a fun time. But if you want to get me to tune in longer, if you want to if you want to get more engagement, I think you got to find a more streamlined way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, what's and uh, look who it is joining us, Steve. What's good? Hi, <laughs> uh, sorry. I just wanted to kind of jump in there because, like, if you don't mind, it, it, like, essentially, I, I I don't disagree with you guys with you guys mm-hmm. in regard uh, this. I think from from my perspective, from being in, and of course, I'm 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 no not a representative of Twitch or or ID at Xbox in any way, shape, or form. Um, so the way I kind of uh, the way I kind of see it is that essentially we were kind of going with a showcase plus reactions kind of uh stream mm-hmm. uh and they did actually take some feedback from uh from the previous one because obviously the last one was four hours there was a lot more uh dev interviews uh longer dev interviews so they're trying to build to find a, a right balance for it um and this is definitely a partnership with xbox and, and twitch um but for yeah for like i, I agree with you guys like essentially like that is a definitely a long time to be able to can be sitting waiting for for more information or at least for for new stuff um and i kind of like the at least the how like the the examples you guys were uh, recommending um yeah i don't know i just uh, like i just want to kind of chime in and just say i think it was it was it was a, a, a neat concept and i i liked what they're trying to do and they are trying to be able to to make it so that people can enjoy it when they're watching it live and also on on vod later but um i think they're just kind of working stuff out and kind of uh, changing as they go yeah see yeah a for things. sure one excellent job yesterday you were you were killing it for the time i tuned in but then also what is the veil shadow of the crown that is the one that um uh, imran mentioned here is the entirely audio-based adventure that is fully uh, deaf accessible do you like do you have any insight on that like can can you sell me on that because i do um actually so that's uh, yeah so that's actually uh it's fun because that one uh was developed actually in my hometown um the oh, studio shit. was uh, yeah, i always forget yeah. that you're canadian also <laughs> yeah um so it was uh so it was developed in my hometown and and i've known about this game for for several years and there's a, there's actually some really amazing uh audio games i believe it's audiogames.net um there's some there's a, it's kind of a form of a bunch of different audio games that are listed and the veil is one of the ones that has been kind of uh, highly anticipated basically the way that works is that yeah it's completely completely uh, audio based think of it as more of like a uh, a game based vi- like audiobook or like a like a fiction podcast uh so you walk around using the thumbsticks and then you kind of like attack using uh the right thumbstick and you kind of use sound to know when to be able to attack or to lift your shield up um and the way you kind of interact in sort of the environments is that you hear sort of like audio cues of like especially if you're like in a market 
you can hear like, okay, there's the blacksmith off in, in, the, in the distance and you can kind of turn yourself to kind of walk in that general direction. And the whole premise is that you're basically are playing a blind princess and you're like, I don't want to spoil the story, but essentially like that's, that's the sort of impetus of why you're kind of playing this in a, uh, in a sort of a blind sort of setting. Um, and there's actually, there was a demo of it last year at the, I believe it was the summer game fest uh showcase uh as part of the, uh, the, the thing that they had with uh, xbox i don't know if it's available now but i think i uh, believe that the uh um the game's actually gonna be coming up pretty soon so i think it's actually next week if i'm not mistaken august 19th oh, shit. I believe. yeah so it's very very cool very well like really there's a lot to it and it's also a challenge too there is definitely a hard mode and that hard mode is definitely hard um <laughs> so it, it's definitely like it's, there's a challenge to it for sure yeah i'm excited to check that one out i'm always down for um any experience that well that I feel like is taking a unique angle to something or also just something I haven't like experienced myself like I wasn't even aware until like people on Twitter were like mentioning to me you know other audio based games and I didn't even notice that it was like a, a subgenre within things you know similar to how like there's FMV and all these other styles of games so uh, I'm excited to check that one out and uh, you know hopefully dig into other ones but yeah thanks for that added insight um, I feel like I have a bunch of questions related to how that stuff goes down but I know you also probably have things you can't uh, discuss in terms of like you know production and all that but uh sure. great job because it is hard being on for two hours like that oh, yeah. yeah and plus also i would love to be hired for the next one so yeah that's, <laughs> but I, like at first i was going to come in here and be like bless why do you got to do me like that i thought we were friends but no i i 100 understand you know like every day we're just dishing it out but no thank you so much for coming in with that insight sure yeah no problem all right have a good Appreciate one guys you, <laughs> you too and uh, let, before we go over and talk about uh, the Nintendo Indie Showcase and see how that one fared, uh, let's get a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. The chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Cool Greg knows all about this. He's been getting Freshly. He's been loving it. Doesn't need to cook anything. He just gets it served here. He opens it and he's eating fantastic stuff. He was telling me all about this sausage baked penne and I was like, man, that sounds good. It sounds damn good. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door, no cooking required. Ordering is easy. You just go to Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, the sausage-baked penne I was talking about, or the chicken pesto bowl. Right now, Freshly is offering you guys $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash games. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash games for $40 off your first two orders. That's F-R-E-S-H-L-Y.com slash games for $40 off your first two orders. And we're back. All right, let's talk the Nintendo Indie Showcase, uh, Indie World Showcase, which again, I will be pulling from Imran's write-up over on Fanbyte. Uh, and I'm just going to read directly from it because it has some great like editorializing, explaining like what each of the games are uh, and including release dates or release windows. Uh, so it reads as follows. The Jet Set Radio like bomb rush cyberpunk uh, opens the show with new gameplay and banging music tracks. It is a timed console exclusive for Switch in 2022. The pleasant looking black and white photography game Toem uh, gets a new gameplay trailer and explainer. It releases this fall. Loop Hero, uh, the incredibly popular looping roguelite semi-management game, comes to Switch uh, and will be releasing uh, this holiday. 
A new game from the creators of Far Alone Sails uh, is shown titled Far Changing Tides. It's focused on sailing a large boat at the end of the world and exploring the now flooded landscape that comes out in 2022. The anime stylized first person narrative adventure Necro Barista Final Pour is revealed, a definitive director's cut version of 2020's game, and is releasing later today as a timed console exclusive. We also have Garden Story, which is a cute Zelda-like. That's out later today. Boyfriend Dungeon, a game where you date your weapons. That's out today. Uh, and Fanbyte also has a review up on it. Uh, the incredibly anticipated Axiom Verge 2 is out today as well. A uh, Shovel Knight puzzle game titled Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is revealed. The cast of Shovel Knight uh, crawls through dungeons by solving competitive puzzles. It also supports the Shovel Knight Amiibo, and that comes out in holiday. Uh, Islanders Console Edition, it's a quaint and peaceful game about building islands that's been out on PC for a while. That's coming to Switch later today. Metal Slug's Tactics, we got another um, just look at that game showing maps and big bosses. Uh, that comes out 2022. Uh, Enhanced Games announces Tetris Effect, which is uh, the Tetris game with expanded multiplayer mode that's coming to Switch on October 8th. Uh, and we'll have cross-platform support for that multiplayer. And then at the end, there's a sizzle reel of Trineer, 100 Days Winemaking Simulator, which is a game that came out earlier this year, Slime Rancher Plortable Edition, uh, Lumberjack, these names, man, these names, (laughs) Curious Expedition 2, and Gang Beast is shown off. And then at the very end, their kind of one more thing angle was uh, Chucklefish, the publisher behind Stardew Valley, showing off Eastward, which is a 2D action RPG. Uh, And that game is uh, releasing as a timed console exclusive on September 16th. So, blessing. What's it up to you in the showcase? I mean, uh, Boyfriend Dungeon is the one that I've been looking forward to for what feels like forever at this point. You know, that's a really cool, uh, the description lays it out, right? It's a game where you date your weapons, but it's also a very fun dungeon crawler. It has the, the I guess, visual novel elements that you'd expect from a dating sim or something. Like if you like Persona, for example, you know, like the overworld kind of stuff. But then taking in the um, the, the upgrades and benefits you get from dating your weapons in the overworld and taking that into the dungeon and using those to, to um, uh, explore and take out enemies that I've been waiting on and that I'm very excited for. I'm super happy that that's literally out today. And so legit, as you're reading through the story, I went, <laughs> went ahead and I requested the code. Um, but yeah, that one is super cool. I love that loop hero has made his way to switch. Um, you know, that was one that, I hopped in a little bit earlier this year. I think Andy Cortez absolutely adored it, but I, I tried it for a little bit and I wanted to go back to it. But, you know, I'm just not uh, as big of a PC gamer until mm-hmm. that Steam Deck comes my way. Then you'll see me playing a lot more games, <laughs> a lot more PC games. Uh, and so I've been hoping that that would make its way to Switch or other consoles. And so now that that's coming to Switch, I think I'm going to pick it back up. And then um, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. That's another one that I've been looking forward to for a while. And it I'm did look this. like a U game. Yeah. Oh my God. I love Jet Set Radio back in the day. I used to play. I used to play Jet Set Radio Future at my uh, friend's house. Uh, he lived next door. He had an so he had an Xbox. I had a PS2, and so it was that fun. Like I would go over to his house and play like these weird games. I think a few weeks ago I talked about um, um, Blinks the Time Sweeper. How he had that game, and I would go to his house play, it, and I'd be like, "What the fuck is this game? This game seems so weird and different." Uh, but he also had Jet Set Radio Feature, and I played so much jet set radio feature uh back at his place and i wish i wish 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 seg would bring it back but if they're not going to do it i'm happy that somebody's doing it i'm happy that an indie studio is like yo we'll just make it ourselves and it looks super dope you know it has that jet set radio um uh art style to it it seems like it has the same kind of motion to it and it has like the graffiti stuff and all the stuff you'd want out of that kind of game and so for me that's the one that i'm probably looking forward to the most out of the bunch yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple ones on here. Um, for me, Toem, I've been, you know, interested in that for a while. Again, 
photography game. So I'm like, all right, let's let's just someone's gonna get it right. <laughs> let's find out who it is. Uh, Loop Hero, I'm also excited for that port because I also played it on PC and I liked it. But like a lot of people, it was like, oh, this would be great on Switch because it's you know a little bit longer and like it literally can to a degree play itself. So kind of being able to put it down or like have it you know while Netflix is on the background would be like so valuable. Or like for me, I was like, oh, this would be great like on an but like sitting at my desk, you know. It wasn't the ideal setup for it. I'm weirdly excited for Necrobarista Final Pour just because I tried it, I think, on Apple Arcade and I wasn't into it, but I think it's because it was like didn't control quite the same as it did maybe on other platforms. So I'm like, maybe this will be a good time to give it a chance. Garden Story, obviously, because it's cute as hell. Um, and I'm mostly just like psyched about how much um, out today stuff they have. Like, that's probably oh, yeah. my favorite thing about the, especially the indie showcases specifically. Like, you could, you could show me a game that, like, might not even be that interesting looking, but if it's out today, I was like, well, you know, the eShops are already open. Like, come on in, the water's fine. So to me, that's probably my favorite thing about the formatting of these showcases that there are so many, like, shadow drops. Um, Axiom Verge, of course, too, like, dropping as well. Um, I didn't get around to the first one, but I am interested in picking this one up. And for that to just be, available now is wild oh yeah 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 no that's that's super awesome and another one i want to shout out as well uh tetris effect connected uh it's awesome that's coming to switch because playing the original tetris effects on ps4 and then psvr for me was a surreal like that felt like a religious experience playing that game. it was yeah like yeah. people try to say like that that's not a good vr game because like vr doesn't do much for it and i'm like that's a wild take to me because i yeah, feel no, like being when you put awesome that headset method. on like the dumbest thing i've ever heard that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard it is exactly. so it is right like it is so cool like if you can play it in vr i still recommend that but if you can't i think it's a phenomenal tetris but then, game i think it might be the best tetris game to be honest i think there's a strong argument for it it's probably my favorite if i really think about it you know like um granted i've not played every single tetris game like i, I like the one of the tetris games i spent the most time on was the one on n64 i think that was called i think that was called the new tetris i played a lot of that game but tetris effect connect or tetris effect one is like you know, phenomenal and probably the best way I've played Tetris, but then also connected playing that when it came out on Xbox Series uh, or Xbox Series X, that was such a phenomenal time. I thought they did such a good job adding in the multiplayer elements and making it this fun co-op raid-like experience. And the fact that that's coming to Switch, I think is super cool. You know, Tetris Effect is a game I would say, play that with as much fidelity as you can if you can play it on vr play it in vr you can, if you can play it on a which i know sounds silly because it's just blocked but like y'all don't but, understand so you see these blocks flying at you exactly visually it is it is a visual feast right play that on a nice tv if you can but if you get on switch and you want to play on switch i'm sure that's going to be an excellent experience too like either way you know tetris effect is one of those games where i think any way you play that game you're gonna have a phenomenal time but you know go for fidelity if you can you know if you want to yeah. get an amazing experience out of it Tetris is having just such a moment. Um, before we uh, jump into our next story, I do want to know, you know, I, at, at the risk of making everything a versus thing, because I know sometimes people get sick of, like, all the comparison points. ID at Xbox versus Nintendo Indie World. Which one were you more into as far as game announcements or discussions? No, Indie World, for sure. I think Indie yeah, World, same. Ha like, even in, though Indie World seems to have less overall announcements added, the announcements they did have, you know, Bomb Rush, Cyberpunk, you mentioned Toem, Toem does look cool, Loop Hero, uh, 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 Garden Story, Boyfriend Dungeon, Axiom Verge uh, 2. Wait, oh, I misread that. I thought that was Axiom Verge 1 that was out today. Axiom Verge 2 is out today. Yep. Holy shit. Uh, yep. I mean, that alone is fucking big. But then, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, th this whole presentation, I just thought was, like, from a game announcement standpoint, 
I think game for game had just better uh, or bigger bangers, I'd say. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And again, you just condense it. It's like suddenly it seems like a lot, even if it's not, you know, a whole bunch. Um, and I feel like Nintendo is having a bit of a weaker year, especially in like the AAA space of Nintendo releases. So shout out to these indies for carrying the team and give me something to download on my Switch. Um, but actually, I don't have a good transition for this. We're going to jump into Niantic's founders fearing the metaverse, which is kind of a horrifying headline. Uh, this comes from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. I'm just going to read kind of a condensed version of uh, his already condensed write-up of a longer blog post. Um, that, that Niantic blog was lit. They had that. They had like the... Um, the new 3D mobile scanning technology, like a lot, lot was going on in that blog. But uh, here's what Bankhurst's write-up reads as. Uh, John Hank, the founder and CEO of Niantic, has published his detailed thoughts on the metaverse, which if you're not familiar with the term metaverse, it's the uh, collective virtual shared space. Like that's the sum of all virtual worlds in the internet. And some people debate whether or not it includes AR, but... That's what the metaverse is. Uh, the Niantic boss is seemingly far from excited about the concept with fear that a virtual universe may evolve to become a, quote, dystopian nightmare and one that humanity should look to work to avoid. Uh, in a lengthy post, he says this. A lot of people these days seem very interested in bringing this near future vision of a virtual world to life, including some of the biggest names in tech and gaming. But in fact, these novels served as warnings about a dystopian future of technology gone wrong. The CEO goes on to say, uh, instead, we can use technology to lean into the reality of augmented reality, encouraging everyone, ourselves included, to stand up, walk outside, connect with other people in the world around us. In Hank's view, technology isn't something that should be used to replace core human experiences by launching people into a virtual megasphere of total escapism. Moreover, it should be used to better human experiences by using technology to supplement their experiences in the real world. And then I do want to briefly shout out to, again, they have acquired that 3D mobile scanning app. And essentially uh, what this is supposed to be used for is to, you know, more easily scan and faster builds for like 3D maps of the world. So that's what that tech, that tech can be utilized for. Um, so what is your reaction to the idea of a metaverse and these concerns of like us dipping further from our own humanity? I... There, real casual stuff. <laughs> yeah, real casual stuff. This feels like him real being quick. like, get off that damn phone. Y'all are on that phone too much. Uh you know, I, this is funny coming from Niantic. You know, this very much feels like a, hey, guys, maybe you should go outside and walk a little bit. You know, you know what's going to help out with that? With Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go yeah. Uh, maybe you should download some Pokemon Go. Get outside. Get out of that VR. Get out of that AR. Get off the Internet and go walk. Um I, I have no thoughts on this. Like, I this is this is big concept stuff that, like, I can, I can see an argument either way of technology is melting our brains versus technology is making us better. And I think both are true to some extent. Um, I think overall, this is just a very funny story, though, to, to talk about and look at because I wouldn't. The, the fact that it's it's Niantic coming out and saying it, um, the, the Niantic's founder coming out and saying it, I think is just really funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's what stood to me, too. Like, I kept it in here just because, like, I think conceptually it's really interesting. Um, I will say for what it's worth, I think it is always important for people that are especially on the cutting edge of advancing technology and society to be thinking of ethics and humanity. <laughs> like, I think those are really important things where it's like you can create, and especially for something like Niantic, where, you know, not that Pokemon Go is necessarily going to, I don't know, throw us into the the a metaverse downfall of society but i think it, it is important to have those conversations and think about what are you using technology for um as we get more advancements in technology we see a lot of additional problems pop up that have already existed in society so i think you know tech definitely can further you know exacerbate existing problems or can you know be be beneficial so i do like the idea of 
of connection through technology. And even though obviously you're the founder of Niantic, you probably want people still on Pokemon Go, even if you're afraid of a metaverse. It is like such it was such a moment when you when Pokemon Go first came out and you'd be meeting people in the park and they'd be like different teams and then you're taking on gyms. And like, I I do think, you know, it's it is more than just a statement in the sense that like Pokemon Go did execute on that, you know, and like Harry Potter went out so much. I think about what was it 2016 i think about summer 2016 all the time you know not just because of the great drake song but because in, in when uh pokemon go dropped i remember uh uh i lived in seattle at the time and i remember it dropping and people getting obsessed and then uh during that week i had flown back to my hometown uh back in central illinois and uh, was like re- meeting up with friends and all that stuff i was there for like a week and I remember them the second night I was there, they were like, hey, let's hit up the park and let's go play some Pokemon Go because Pokemon Go was fresh and new at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And the amount of people at that park playing Pokemon Go, go together, connecting together, uh, uh, it like it was it was basically it felt like the opposite of the pandemic, really, where it was just it was yeah. just this moment in time where everybody was outside and everybody was doing the shared thing together in a way that honestly was really beautiful and honestly kind of does feedback into the points he's making here you know like i uh a few months ago feels like a few months ago might have been a year ago uh the documentary social dilemma came out talking about social networks and the kind of how they've they've led to this domino effect of uh mental health and um uh politics and like all, all all these things being uh affected in a way that was unforeseen by anyone who was developing these apps and the in in these services back in 2005 or you know before before the advent of like facebook and twitter and all this stuff the way that social media has evolved over the years and has affected society in terms of politics uh mental health how we socialize with each other our expectations for each other all this stuff you can easily you can very easily honestly make the argument that a lot of that shit has been for the bad. And honestly, I would yeah. agree. I would agree that a lot of that shit has been for the bad. Um, I think where I diverge from uh, John Hank here, the founder of, of Niantic, is that I don't think, you know, and I don't know if he, if he implies this or not, but I don't think it's all bad. I think it's one of those things where we have to take the bad and figure out how to adjust to it and figure out how to turn it good. Because mm-hmm. I think... When it and we're getting away from video games now and just into like just a regular conversation, I think. And like, I prog- God forbid we have one of those. Yeah, God forbid I talk to you about something that's not video games. I think progress is going to happen regardless. You know, like technology is going to. That's true. Evolve you can't regardless. stop it. Like you, there are certain things in terms of, you know, quicker processing, new ideas, all this shit that are going to happen regardless, and that I don't think is worth stopping in cases where it's not objectively harmful in cases where we can see the ways in which certain applications and certain technologies do help people i do think we got to let those things ride the course but we do have to also react and um uh manage those things in a way that is going to not be a net negative right when it comes to social media how do we use that in a way that's not a net negative for you know how we view the world and our mental health and and the the negative ways the ne- the negative ramifications that that can actually have on the world how do we use that as a net negative i think that's more so the way to go about it as opposed to being like this thing is bad go outside go walk even though you should go outside and walk sometimes but like you know what i mean like i think it's all yeah. it's all about reacting and managing yeah um speaking of managing 
things, managing reactions. Uh, moving to our next story. FIFA 22 lets you turn off opponent celebrations. This comes from Wesley Yinpool over at Eurogamer, uh, who writes, FIFA 22 will, for the first time in the series, let you turn off opponent celebrations. Uh, for FIFA 22, EA Sports uh, has taken things one step further and made the ability to turn off opponent celebrations. This is done via the new celebration camera focus setting, which lets you toggle from viewing your opponent's celebration when conceding a goal to focus on your team's reaction instead. And then it mentions like by default, you know, this is set to just be opponent's celebrations, but you can uh, change it to be just your teams and that can affect every mode in FIFA, uh, not just ultimate team. So um, again, another story where I'm like, I'm really glad to have you here for this. How, how do you feel about celebrations in general like do you sell do you let your celebration ride when you score on somebody like oh, what yeah. do you do oh, how yeah. do you like do you oh, i feel like you end it when i feel like you've scored on me and not done the celebration that's because i didn't figure out <laughs> what the celebrations were in fifa 21 when i used to, when i played fifa hardcore from fifa 10 all the way up to like fifa 16 i had those mem i had those celebrations memorized i was doing the l2 up up on the right analog stick to do the front flip i was doing the 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 um the rotations to get the back handsprings going i was doing celebrations left and right whenever i would score, score a goal if anything i was i'm probably the reason why they're turning this shit off because i was i was the menace in my friend group it was the same thing in mortal kombat where i remember playing mortal kombat with a friend and because i owned the game and i was good at the game i was on a winning streak against one of my friends and at a certain point he was like hey can you stop doing the fatalities because you're wasting time like we can just go into the next match you don't have to do the same fat fatality every single time and i was like Oh, you make a good point. I am just like being a menace here, aren't I? Uh, and so, yeah, like I'm, I'm pro celebration. I'm pro the fun of it. I think celebrations are fun in FIFA, especially because what the score is going to be three two. That's five celebrations in a game. That's not crazy. Um, that said, you know, I I get it. You know, I, it, they're turning this off because of the me's of the world. Yeah, I feel like God, I'm torn. I mean, there is the only legitimate reason to turn it off, which um, this article also digs into, is. Sometimes people use like the more running ones to sort of like dig into the clock a little bit. Mm. But also like, I mean, you're the one that got, you still had to get scored on for that to happen. So I feel like how much was that really, you know, were you really going to get that 90 minute cheese or are you just, are you just salty? Um, I'm definitely like a salty bitch when it comes to getting scored on in FIFA. When it comes to FIFA in general, like I play with my and um, yeah, I don't really, it's weird. I guess I'm okay with them being on like i wouldn't I, i'm not going to turn them off but at the same time like me and my brother usually do skip through the celebrations um mostly because i i don't know there's just so much pain right but the, the pain is part of the process of fifa like fifa is pain and mm -hmm. like getting scored on that so, you know soccer is just it's a painful experience yeah you gotta pour salt in the wound sometimes yes yeah that, that's basically all mostly salt um for the most part it's like salt and glory is just fifa so um but i do think it's interesting that they're like you know thinking that about that and taking it into account uh and then our final two things really quick i do want to give a quick shout out to life is strange remastered collection getting delayed to 2022 uh this came out via a tweet that they posted up saying after life is strange true colors releases on september 10th we're happy to announce that life is strange wavelength dlc starring steph gingrich uh releases on september 20th or, or is that did I get that date right? September twentieth, or is it thirtieth? Uh, now, now I'm questioning it. Did I, I get it right? You got it right. I can double okay, check. Okay, cool. As you go. I had to um, like handwrite it, so that's why I don't remember if I got it right. Uh, however, due to ongoing challenges uh, due to the worldwide pandemic, we want to alleviate pressure. Uh, for the team in relation to getting True Colors out and then getting Remastered Collection out. So for that reason, uh, the Remastered Collection will hit in early 2022. So uh, well, yeah, not September thirtieth. September 30th. Okay, see, I thought yeah. it was uh, September 30th on that DLC. Yeah, you know, not the biggest or worst delay. Um, admittedly, it's kind of like most 
most people that want to play Life is Strange already did. Uh, the remastered collection is just kind of a nice way to bundle it. It would have been cool to help, you know, maybe like push the release of True Colors, but I don't think anyone's going to be, you know, too broken up I, about. As, uh, as somebody who's a Life Strange fan, I'm totally fine with them releasing it later because I, I think releasing Life Strange, the collection, and then Life Strange True Colors at the same time doesn't necessarily i don't I, I don't know if that was the best idea anyway you know i think if you're going to do a remastered collection like that it should lead up to the next game so that people yeah. can play catch up and then get excited for it but if you're going to drop them at the same time i don't i don't think it's as bad of a, an idea delaying the remastered collection because people people can get to that when they get to that and also that probably gives them way more time especially right now when when get, video games have been harder to develop over the last couple of years so i think it makes sense yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, yeah, the, it would have been good for a lead up thing, but uh, it was just such a small window that maybe it just didn't end up panning out. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. they had to, you know, make make a shift at the end. Uh, and then for our final story, I have to mention this, even though it's very small, but I have to mention this more drama with that abandoned app in the trailer dropping. Um, the it was delayed. It was delayed again, and they replied uh, to their have like an ongoing thread on their Twitter. Um, and their most recent update was from seven hours ago, saying the delay is taking longer than expected, uh, which isn't isn't that always the case. Uh, we're fully <laughs> working on this. We thank you for your patience and we apologize for this. Um, you know, my only sadness is that Tim's not back here just to scream into the void over this because we Janet, had this conversation earlier and it happened again. It happened I, again. So yesterday was one of the rare days for me where I didn't have any show that I was actively on. So I had free time at noon and earlier in the morning i realized that oh shit today's the day today's the day that the abandon app is supposed to open i guess it's supposed to give access to whatever the 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 um, next gen experience is and so i had it opened up i had it opened up from like 11 30 so i had that was i had opened up 30 minutes beforehand like i was ready i had my popcorn i didn't have popcorn i didn't make breakfast for it though i made breakfast i had it, it ready breakfast? I was like, uh breakfast yesterday was fried plantain uh egg and grapes it's a legit um, breakfast yeah i've been trying i've been trying to be more active about it lately um but i was ready for it i was i was i was ready to get it i was ready to check this thing out and then uh noon came nothing restarted the app nothing and i could not believe what was happening i was so frustrated at the fact that this thing didn't go this thing that i have no excitement for this thing that i know isn't a kojima thing this thing that i just have pure curiosity about the fact that it didn't go live almost turned me into the joker yesterday and so yep that's where i'm at with it yeah, this is your village vill, uh, villain origin story pretty much um yeah i just um i don't know i'm obsessed with the drama of this it's such a mess and i just i want it to be over but at the same time like with each messed up update i'm like okay like let's like now let's keep it going because it's horrible and I, I do feel bad for everyone involved and affected you know your breakfast is getting cold as you wait for the like i can't eat until the scrambled eggs get cold so quick it's unfortunate yeah it really is um and then the reheat the reheat process is just a mess so oh, you're not we'll see those things. we'll cold. see when this finally drops i'm also like oh god i just want it to be out and then we can talk about what the trailer actually looks like um there's a the weird hype for this trailer and it's just a, a total mess um but blessing Yes. Leaving behind the abandoned drama is so far away. If I wanted to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? You looked toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Today is Car Mechanic Simulator 2021 on PC. Uh, Dwaros? 
for PS4 and Xbox One, Crimson Spires on Switch, Seed of Life PC, uh, and Glitch Punk on PC, plus all these stuff that I mentioned earlier from the Nintendo Showcase. Um, really quick, Blessing, can you see if we have any you're wrongs while I read out who tomorrow's hosts are and the rest of the week on I am Thursday? Looking. Thursday, we got Greg and Tim, and on Friday, we got Blessing and Greg. Did we get anything wrong? Uh, let's see. Odd Netten in chat or in a kind of funny your on says Jillian is pronounced with a hard G shaking my head blessing. I thought you were a fan. Hold on. Like a hard G is in is Gillian. Is it Gillian Jacobs? That can't be right. Chat. I, I, I need I need backup on this. Is, this is it going to be a double your wrong? Is it is it Gillian Jacobs? I can't believe that for a second. I have no idea. I have no idea what it is. It's a no hard G. It was wow. saying G. I am a fake fan. Holy shit. I've been, saying, I've been saying Jillian Jacobs for maybe a decade. I, th- really I thought the G was silent, honestly. <laughs> you thought it was Ilian Jacobs? Ilian Jacobs sounds like a rap name. And yeah, then let's see. Rough. Gabe Hewitt uh, writes in and says, the actor who's been voicing Tails in, the, in most media uh, and at the end of the Sonic movie is Colleen O'Shaughnessy. You might know her as Sora from Digimon <laughs> or Jazz from Danny Phantom. All right. That was great. That's awesome because when you said Sora, I immediately thought Kingdom Hearts, and I was like, "That's not right, is it?" But you said Digimon, and so I, I, that must be right. I immediately thought like Air, Last Airbender. That was the first Sora from of. Last Airbender. Yeah. Am I the crazy? Oh no, that's, so- oh, no, that's Sokka. Sokka. Okay. Sokka, you know yeah. what? We don't know what names <laughs> are. All right. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I shouldn't have said anything because I wasn't. I wasn't sure, and now now I have double your wrong. Wrong, uh, but and then uh, if sorry, you're there's watching- one more <laughs> Cowhand writes in and says, Don't know if this is covered, but Boyfriend Dungeon, Dungeon Surprise launched on Game Pass today as well. So if you want to play it for free oh, cool. uh, or on with a Game Pass subscription, you can. Hell yeah, that's awesome! Always good for uh Game Pass stuff. Oh, now people are doing the damage in chat. I hate that, that follows me so much. Uh, if you're watching live on Twitch, uh, does anyone know what's coming up next by any chance? Mm. Uh, Mike is hunting Bigfoot with the Game Attack crew. That's That'd like be the best one. way you could have answered that, honestly. Uh, but now it is time for the post show. Supporters of the Silver membership and above on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Get this. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.